0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Talking Time Lords Podcast. This is episode number five, the Daleks Story Review. I'm, as always, with your host, Jason Hunt, and with me, my companion on this great podcasting adventure, we have Paul Gann.
1: All Z. (laughs) How's it going, Paul? Hey.
0: Oh, well, today we're going to be doing something a little bit different, um... Well, everything's a little bit different right now because we're so early on in the show, but that's besides the point. Um, it also keeps it fun. It does, it does. <laughs> um, but today we're starting our uh, episode reviews. Um, and as we mentioned on, a, on our previous episode, uh, we are going back and reviewing first all of the episodes that contain uh, Daleks. Uh, so all the episodes and storylines from the classic series to the new series uh, where the Daleks are featured. Um, And so today we're we are going to be reviewing for you uh, the Daleks, which is the very first uh, story that they appeared in uh, with the first doctor. Uh, We'll get into that in just one second, but I do want to let everybody know that we here's your spoiler warning.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: If you do not want to uh, be spoiled on the show, on, on these episodes, if you're going to be watching them uh, and you don't and you want to wait until after you've seen it to, to listen to this, leave now and come back later. Otherwise, you've been warned, and uh, we will completely spoil this this story for you. Um, I wish we had like a, a little you know button we could push and we could have. The River Song. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, that was a little too good. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but yes, spoiler alert. Uh, before we jump into the the review itself, we want to give you guys a quick um, recap and update on who's on the TARDIS uh, at this point uh, for the story. Uh, this is the first Doctor um, and the second story ...for his first season. And so we're still with the original companions. The Doctor travels with... ...at the moment with his granddaughter, Susan. Um... They are both from Gallifrey. It is assumed they are both Time Lords. Um... And... ...they are joined by... ...Ian Chesterton and... ...Barbara Wright. I believe is her last name. Um... And they are teachers, uh, school teachers. Uh, Susan had been going to a school on Earth back in 1963. The she had been having some issues fitting in, and Ian and Barbara thought she was a little odd and were concerned for her. So they followed her back to the junkyard where she lived, and uh, discovered the TARDIS, and ended up going on an adventure with the Doctor and Susan. Um, but we'll talk about that adventure at a later point. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to say about any of the companions the Doctor's traveling with at the moment before
1: we, we jump into the review? Uh, well, I will say this. the uh, Especially considering the time that this was made, um, Chesterton's uh, very much uh, played up as the leading man in this. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, even though... Uh, Barbara Wright is uh, portrayed as a strong woman. She is still downplayed uh, by Chesterton's character uh, to a certain extent. Um, and I, we can get into that a little bit later uh, while we're discussing the episodes. Uh, but uh, I just feel like that uh, that you have to watch this with the understanding of when this when the time period was that this was made
0: right. Right. Um then, <laughs> that's very true. Chesterton is definitely takes the, the role as, as leading character, Ian Chesterton does, um, even more so than the Doctor in some cases, because the Doctor's an old man at this point, um, played by William Hartnell. Um Barbara is is, is a strong female character for the time, uh, for nineteen sixty three. Um not nearly as strong as what we're used to seeing nowadays but as we said you know transport your brain back you know a couple decades you know over five decades at this point uh, when you watch these episodes
1: Um, they're very reflective of the time they are which is not which is not saying that that's that that's inaccurate because uh, they are depicting characters from the time that the series is being filmed so there's There's going to be some kind of historical accuracy there anyway because of that.
0: Right. Right. So uh, let's jump into the synopsis, uh, the brief synopsis here real quick, and then we'll start talking the episode in detail. Uh, The synopsis for the Daleks is as follows. The TARDIS has brought the travelers to the planet Skaro, where they meet two indigenous races the Daleks, malicious mutant creatures encased in armored travel machines, and the Thals, beautiful humanoids with pacifist principles. They convince the Thals of the need to fight for their own survival. Joining forces with them and braving Skaro's many dangers, they launch a two-pronged attack on the Dalek city. The Daleks are all killed when, during the course of the fighting, their power supply is cut off.
1: So... (laughs) Jason's looking at me. He knows I want to say something. (laughs) Yes, and we'll get to that at the end of the episode.
0: Um, But we are introduced to, in the uh, chronology of the show, Doctor Who, the first alien planet um, that we ever get to, and that being Skaro. And this is a planet that is completely... The really interesting thing, and I thought this was kind of cool, is that they, the TARDIS lands in a petrified forest. Yes. The forest is stone. And that's really kind of cool. I'd like to see something like that someday. But, you know, it would take a catastrophe of unimaginable proportions to turn a forest into stone. So maybe I don't actually want to see that. Um, <laughs> but it's just a very interesting thing that uh, of, of this planet. Um, and they, they explore the forest... And they see a city. Uh, And it looks abandoned. Ian and Barbara do not want to be there at all. They really want to get back home to 1963.
1: They're actually angry because the uh, uh, navigation system on the TARDIS has failed. And they were thinking they were going home. And they ended up somewhere completely different.
0: Yes. And, of course, the Doctor is very defiant and... and, uh, self-assured of saying, well, you know we had to get out of that last place very quickly. I had no time to set it properly so we're just lucky that we made it to a safe place, you know. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a very pompous uh, self-opinionated, self-assured sort of character at this point. Well,
1: and the way things went down uh, in the previous story arc uh, with them getting propelled back uh, into time uh, the way that they did and uh, with the control panel getting a little banged up and stuff, it could have actually gotten damaged then. Uh, We don't actually know.
0: Needless to say, they end up on Scarrow when they weren't exactly (laughs) intending to. Um, Barbara and Ian really want to get out of there, but the Doctor is fascinated by the idea of this abandoned city, and his intellectual and academic side is really piqued, and he really wants to go investigate this but nobody else wants to stay and so the doctor plays a little trick he pretends like they're (laughs) leaving and he takes out an important piece um, the fluid link dumps out the mercury that is in it and says oh no we can't take off until we get more mercury and the TARDIS doesn't have an extra supply so we're going to have to go see if there's any in the city (laughs) and Ian and Barbara are not happy (laughs)
1: <laughs> he actually even chuckles like I just did. You know. <laughs> he,
0: he does. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. He he's very pleased with himself uh that he gets to stay and explore and, and investigate. Uh,
1: we should probably point out uh while I'm thinking about it um that at the very beginning of this episode before they go outside they do check for radiation uh readings. Um to see if it's safe then they walk out the door and the needle changes to show that the radiation levels are not safe
0: right so they're out traipsing around exploring the city and getting sick yes and they don't know why although they've been left a little box outside the TARDIS a little box that contains these little cylinders and they're not cylinders of of, of liquid and they're not really sure what it is So they leave it on the TARDIS and go on their merry way. Um, and meanwhile, they get sick and they explore the city and...
1: Barbara gets separated.
0: Barbara gets separated and the cliffhanger for the first episode is our first look at a Dalek um, as it corners Barbara. Uh,
1: Just the arm of the Dalek, actually. Yes,
0: just the plunger arm of the Dalek. Um, so a little bit interesting, but it was a great cliffhanger. Um, I thought that was a great cliffhanger, anyways. Uh, some of the other cliffhangers are, eh, but that one was pretty good. Um, <laughs> knowing what we know of the da- the Daleks, uh, how was this for your introduction to them in in the Daleks?
1: Uh, I actually thought that that was pretty cool. Um, when i remember the the i the first time i watched this episode um was probably oh man i'd say 7 8 years ago now um and i had uh i had rented the dvds from netflix mm-hmm. and uh I, I was going to try back
0: when back when netflix was actually something that you would rent dvds from yes
1: Um, And I was actually going to try to see all of the episodes of Doctor Who, but because of the way that uh, their system was set up, it was very difficult to even know what order to watch them in. Um, So I would just order a DVD and hope that it was something that wouldn't confuse me. (laughs) Um, But uh, I remember... Uh, the first time I watched that episode, I had no indication, uh, because you know, I'm watching, I get this thing in a package and it just has a blank disc on it with, um, I think it was Doctor Who, the beginning I think was on there. Um, mm. No cover, no anything. So I, I start watching this episode and I have no indication of uh, what the, the the plot of this story is supposed to be. And I see that arm come up in the screen and I immediately go, oh, wow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's the Dalek. It's the Dalek, you know, because (laughs) I, you know, that was that was such a surprise to me. Uh, And I I was wondering when they were going to come up in the storyline. I I honestly didn't expect it to be that early in the first season.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Second story ever. And we get the Daleks. They've been around for ever in Doctor Who Um,
1: which actually uh, you know uh, throws it in the face of the people that say well Doctor Who was originally supposed to be just an educational show for children (laughs) you know uh, the the truth is that that is how it was sold to the BBC in order to get it made in the first place Uh,
0: well the interesting thing is uh, this storyline was supposed to be like the fourth one in the season but it got moved up during the production order um and they had other things like Marco Polo, mm-hmm. you know, um which is a completely missing almost completely missing storyline. So right. um
1: But we still know where did, we still know where to find it.
0: Well we we there's <laughs> there's recreations. <laughs> yes. Uh but the 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 actual film is basically completely lost. Um except for small snippets. Um but yeah, no the We are exploring all sorts of different, you know, futuristic uh, alien places right now. Um, The Daleks were really interesting to to look at because this was not my first exposure to the Daleks by any means, obviously. You know, they're very prevalent in the new series, and Mm -hmm. I had already seen some... By the time I got to this episode, I'd already seen some other Dalek, you know, classic Doctor Who uh, Dalek episodes. And so... Um, it was a little odd because the Daleks didn't quite move the same way that, you know, they end up, you know, moving Mm -hmm. uh, later on in a much more smooth fashion. Um, for the most part, they moved very similarly, but there was just something a little bit different, a little bit odd about it in this storyline. And of course, Um, we
1: know that that will be explained later in another episode.
0: Well, um, <laughs> it's also just due to the construction of of the the props and then the advances that they make as they continue to to do these. But it was really interesting because, uh, of course, there's all these you know doc, uh, documentaries and stories of of how the Daleks grabbed the public's imagination mm-hmm. basically instantly. Um, and it's interesting to think that you know looking at it nowadays the daleks from 1963 really you know not that impressive um
1: there's you know there's still a a lot lot of similarities though there's still Um, a lot of
0: similarities but the way that they move and the you know sort of the the way that they operate to an extent i guess um it's just interesting to from a you know a modern perspective where we know who the Daleks are and who they're supposed to be right. you know going back and revisiting these
1: things it's like oh so of course the cool thing about the show uh, in, in general uh, is the fact that they they always find ways to write that stuff into uh, the universe you know and uh, like I said we'll find out about some of that stuff later on uh, as far as the history of what we're talking about today but um uh they, if if you if you do go by in universe reasoning and things uh, based on what we'll be talking about in the future, uh, they're actually a really stunted uh, race at this point in comparison mm-hmm. to what they are later.
0: Well, we the Daleks end up capturing the TARDIS crew, mm-hmm. and I don't remember if it's exactly at this point now or a little bit later. Uh, but we find out that the Daleks have basically been hiding in this underground section of this of this abandoned city uh, for you know, centuries, basically. Um, uh, because I think it's the, been at
1: least a thousand years, something like that.
0: It at least close to a thousand yes. years. It's it's been a long time uh, because of a, an enormous nuclear war. Uh, the neutron bomb have been exploded on on the planet of Skaro mm-hmm. and it completely irradiated the planet um, and so they were hiding from the radiation down underground underneath the city for centuries um, so at this point they had, they, they have definitely been uh, stunted yes. as far as uh, their development as as a culture um, and so it's a it's a very interesting thing. Uh, they're trying to figure out how they can get out. Uh, they discover that uh, there are anti radiation drugs that the Falls tried to give uh, the TARDIS crew, which was in that little box. Mm-hmm. And they send Susan, because she's the one least affected by the radiation poisoning, uh, back to the TARDIS. To go get the drugs Oh and
1: Ian can't stand that He's just He's beside himself That Susan has to go And get this
0: Right Well part of the reason Why Ian can't go back And get it uh, Is because he tried To make a break for it When the Daleks Were capturing them And they uh, Stunned him uh, they, they You know shot him with a stun bolt basically and it paralyzed him from the waist down temporarily right so he's slowly getting feeling and the use of his legs back so uh, but it's not fast enough to for what they need and susan's the only one that's capable of travel and she ends up getting sent back out into the wilderness to go back to the TARDIS and fetch the the anti radiation drugs.
1: And if you think about it, based on you know other storylines that we've seen of the Daleks, this is actually typical Dalek behavior. They use manipulation to get what they want, uh, and and they only keep people alive if it benefits them.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's several times later on where they they're debating the merits of keeping the prisoners alive. Um, Several times they say, See, it was a good idea. You know, it was beneficial for us to keep them alive at this point. Um, but the interesting thing is, uh, Susan gets back to the TARDIS, and as she's leaving the TARDIS, encounters uh, our first Thal that we meet. Um, and th- this being Aladdin? Yes, Aladdin. And she's at first scared of the Thals because the Daleks have said that they're these monstrous mutations. And, you know, Susan and Barbara and the rest of the crew have said, well, if the Daleks are this horrible, what must the Thals look like? Um, but, of course, the Daleks see anything that isn't Dalek as a horrible mutation. And that right. is very clearly and very early on set up as as one of the... Uh, the qualities of the Daleks. For the
1: people who are not familiar with what the Dalek look like on the inside of their armor, should we go ahead and let them know?
0: Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, because it, it, they change. They mutate. The 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 fleshy part of the Dalek mutates over time. Um,
1: and there are some reasons behind that, actually, uh, in the stories as well.
0: Experimentation. But we'll 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 address those when that happens um, the Thal um, scout basically is what he is Aladdin uh, ends up informing Susan that they need help because they're starving uh, their crops are failing because there hasn't been enough rain uh, and they're looking for food and they're wondering if the Daleks might be uh, disposed to helping them um and so Susan is supposed to be able to help be the intermediary there, um between the Falls and the Daleks in an exchange for food. Um She gets the radiation drug, anti-radiation drugs back for her and the rest of the TARDIS crew. So they start recovering, which is great, because if they didn't, then, well, Doctor Who would have ended right then and there.
1: Um, Well, you know, he would have regenerated,
0: but... Well, uh, uh, the show show would have ended right then and there. Um, But the Daleks don't really want to barter and trade with the Thal. We find out very early on that they're going to use Susan and use her goodwill um, against the Thal and set up an ambush. Um, so we know very early on that, that uh, this is not a good thing.
1: It turns out that the Dalek have been trying to find a way to kill the Thal the entire time. Oh, yes. Um, because from the, from reason the first why point th- that they found out that there were survivors of the right. of the war.
0: Right. Then this—the reason why there's so much radiation and the neutron bomb was exploded—is because the Daleks and the Thals have been at war. It's a horrible, horrible, bloody war. Um, and and we'll get sort of a, a look at that at a later in a later storyline. Uh, but what we know in this storyline, all we really know in this storyline, is that it was a horrible, horrible war. It completely, you know nearly destroyed the surface of the planet. um, And it has left everybody with just, you know, uh, this drive to survive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas the Daleks will survive by any means necessary, um, as they always do, the Thal are looking to try and mend defenses and reconcile uh, in order to survive, you know, together uh,
1: the Thal uh, we do find out according to uh, uh, well we might not have to say that until we actually get there in the story keep going
0: one of the things that happens is after Susan has sent the the all clear setting up the the meat uh, the TARDIS crew find out that the Daleks are taking advantage of them and so they realize they need to escape and they need to help the Thal or in the doctor's case, they need to just escape and get the heck out of there um, because he doesn't want to get involved. So they have to try and figure out how to capture a Dalek in order to make their escape. And they observe that these Daleks are only able to move via static electricity um, across the, the metal floors of their city. What they do is they end up tricking the Dalek into their cell and getting him it. it do Daleks have genders? No, probably not. I um, don't think they do. So no, they, I think they create it
1: themselves it. in test tubes or something. Yes. So
0: they get it um, off the floor, basically, by you know shoving it onto a cloak that uh, Susan had been given by the Thals. And that removes the Dalek from its power source uh, you know being generated from the floor but moving across the floor with static electricity so the the armor basically shuts down and this is a very this was a really interesting part of the episode uh, the doctor and Ian open it up in order to see if they can use the armor
1: and they look inside and the looks on their faces are total disgust.
0: Right. And they slam the lid back down and say, uh, Barbara, Susan, why don't you go keep a lookout? (laughs) Um, and, (laughs) and they end up scooping out something. This creature with the, in a coat, right? With the, with the cloak. Uh, they end up scooping it out and putting it on the floor in the corner of the cell so that they can put Ian inside the armor and have him escort them around as if he's transferring prisoners. Um, And they put Ian inside the Dalek, and they head out, and the camera pans over back to the cloak that's all wadded up and, you know, draped over something, and a dying claw stretches out from underneath, and then it fades to black.
1: Is it actually dying, though, or is it just trying to get out of the cloak? I'm pretty sure if
0: Daleks end up outside of their armor for too long, they die. Um, I'm assuming...
1: Well, I mean, we don't know how it is at this point in time versus other points in time either, because, we, like we have said, they do uh, continue to mutate and change over time.
0: Right. I'm assuming it dies, um, but, you know...
1: Because there have we'll been see. some other episodes in the past where we've seen them survive outside of their armor. But those are way in the future.
0: Exactly. So, and the Daleks are always trying to improve on themselves yes. to better uh, improve their chances of victory in battle and survival. So, but that was just a really interesting scene where they end up having to they find out what's inside the Dalek armor. Uh, <laughs> What were your thoughts on that scene? From, uh,
1: I really wanted to see what it looked like at that point, <laughs> you know, because I've seen what they look like in in uh, later episodes, especially in some of the new seasons of some of the uh, new series, and uh, I I wanted to see if there were similarities at that point in how they looked back then, and I understand why they didn't show it to you because they wanted it to be left mysterious and everything. I just thought it would be really cool to be able to see it,
0: right, <laughs> right, yeah, I know it's that was one of those things where I always thought that was a really cool, a really interesting scene um but uh, it is definitely one of those fascinating ones as far as you know for for Doctor Who fans in, anyways um, I, but the doctor I th- oh sorry I think
1: ahead. sometimes that it, it it is nicer to have the mystery though, hmm
0: yeah. Uh, especially at this point in time, uh, we don't need to know, especially because the doctor will uh, end up revisiting the Daleks on many occasions, and, or they revisit him and Scaro. Yes, <laughs> yes. So this is not the first, or the la- or this is the first, but not the last time. It's the first
1: in the doctor's timeline. Like we said before, yes. we're telling these in as far as how they line up with the doctor's timeline. We're not telling them in necessarily chronological order for the Dalek or whatever, we're telling them as to how they happened to the Doctor.
0: Exactly. Which basically means the way that they aired for everybody. Uh, makes it simple for, for us to, to go through and, and watch these. Um, the The TARDIS crew is able to escape uh, the Dalek city, uh, but they are too late to warn the falls away from their meeting with the Daleks and the fall leader temenus is it temenus uh, yes temenus is killed uh temesis temesis yes temosis that's it yes uh, and temesis is killed um, so the falls end up regrouping with the uh, the TARDIS crew back at the TARDIS, and Ian tries
1: and to prevent that from happening, and that's how they win their trust.
0: Right. He, Ian ended up showing up just too late to save anybody, uh, to to save uh, Temesis, um, but the rest of the the Thals were able to escape. Um, unfortunately, without any of the food that they 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 really need. Um, the Thals then uh, appoint Aladdin as their new leader yes um and he's very unsure of how they're supposed to proceed because uh, the doctor first of all just wants to get out of there he doesn't want to get involved he doesn't want to help anybody he's like we need you know we have what we need we need to get out of here although he doesn't exactly have what he needs because the fluid link has been taken from him by the doctor, but he doesn't know that yet he doesn't quite
1: know that. Um, <laughs> he also doesn't have his coordinates either to get off the planet uh, and get where he needs to go.
0: Right. He needs to to identify where in the galaxy Scaro is so that he can accurately set the coordinates. At least that's what he says. And this is the
1: point in the story where not only do we see him trying to find out about the coordinates and the star charts that the, uh, the Thal have, but also... Uh, in looking through these documents and things that the Thal have he finds uh, the Thal's version of the history of the planet Uh, now we know because we've seen these episodes in different order that this history is not truly accurate Uh, we know that but they don't know that and the doctor does not know that at this point because he is there for the first time um, and so there's right. there's a lot of information that is exposed in this uh, episode uh, that is later proven to be inaccurate.
0: Yeah, and of course, you know, this history has been basically, all, it's almost been like an oral history right. uh, passed down for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's gotten a little bit um, skewed, skewed, or a little bit uh, inaccurate. Uh, but the the general idea. For the most part, is is correct um, as far as their history is concerned. Uh, there
1: are e- there are key elements that are missing. Is my point?
0: Yes, and we will talk about those later when we get to them. When the do- <laughs> when the doctor discovers them, Ian, however, really wants to stay and help. Is it Ian? No, it's Susan. Really wants to stay yes. and help the Thalls. Um, Susan
1: wants to stay. Uh, Barbara wants to help them. The doctor wants to leave, and uh, Chesterton basically, he's kind of torn in between, mm-hmm. uh, but then he realizes that he doesn't have the fluid link, because the Daleks took it from him when they were captured.
0: Yes, so that one essential part of the TARDIS um that they needed to get off the planet is back in the city. And of course, uh, Ian and Barbara are f- livid with the Doctor when they find out, you know, that he trick. did this on purpose. Yeah, he And tricked it was all them. a trick. Um, so, it, as, as one would expect them to be. Um, <laughs> but of course, you know, in order to be able to get off the planet, they have to get that fluid link back. So Ian immediately jumps in to trying to organize the Thal to rise up and, and to become...
1: Well, actually, though, uh, if you'll remember, the doctor was more adamant about the fact that they had to get the Thaw to help them get the Fluid Link back. Ian was the one that was saying, I can't ask these people to risk their lives for a piece of equipment. You know, true. He wanted so... them to rise up against the Dalek for their own good, but he could yes. not ask them to do that just so that he could get the Fluid Link back
0: right right. but he's he's trying to rally the Thal um, and they're like no we're not going to fight there's been too much fighting after the Neutronic War Uh, there's been enough death we don't need to do this Um, Ian threatens to take their entire history which is contained in this uh, case uh, that they carry around with them and just turn it over to the Daleks and they're you know they don't Moved to stop him, and so he's like, "Well, that doesn't work." And so he goes and he grabs the hand of Dione, who is a uh, a lady Thal, um, who appears to be uh, promised to uh, Aladon, mm-hmm. and he threatens to take her to the Daleks in exchange for the fluid link, and
1: Aladon clocks him.
0: Now this Was a very interesting scene Because it just It plays on the idea of How far is Ian actually Willing to go To get what they need and get off planet Because While Later on we sort of get the idea That Ian really wasn't Going to take Dione Mm -hmm. In the heat of the moment we don't get that he seems like he's really just fed up with them and their extreme pacifist ways and he's just going to do anything he can to get what they need to get off planet
1: Um, he was pretty good at his play acting
0: he was he was but it was just really interesting because you know watching it for the first time or re-watching it uh, the other day I was like oh wow how far is ian really willing to go because he seems like a nice guy he's a, he's a very you know friendly looking guy and he's generally got a very right. genial disposition um but he sort of flips a little bit and he gets very serious and very angry um and says and does things that frankly a Dalek might say and do um what did you think about that?
1: I think that was kind of p- part of the point, uh, is mm-hmm. because you know you, you're asking yourself the question, how far can I go before I turn into the thing that I'm trying to prevent? Uh, you know how what how far is too far before I step over that line? And I think it's it's important too that that we understand that the reason why the Thal are such staunch pos- pacifists uh at this point is because they believe that they were the ones that destroyed the planet that because they believe their ancestors were so violent and so destructive that they destroyed everything and they don't want to repeat history. Uh they feel like if they if they fight at all, if they show any uh, inkling of fighting at all that they are uh, showing themselves to be a violent race uh, and they don't understand that there's a difference between just being a violent race to be a violent race and actually standing up for yourself
0: right Right. and so when Ian is able to uh, get under Aladdin's skin by threatening to take Dione to the Daleks and Aladdin clocks him and it's a it's a really nice punch. Yeah. Too. Um, <laughs> and Ian Ian takes it. Um, uh, you know that that sort of almost breaks the spell for the thaw, and right. they start going, they start actually considering seriously the idea of of, of standing up and and rising up against the Daleks.
1: And, and Ian looks at him and says, "Oh, so there are some things that you'll fight for." <laughs> <laughs> I do like that line. Like, oh, as
0: he's you know massaging his jaw. Um, the the Daleks, however, have been able to sort of spy on the group, on the the Thal and the, the Tardis crew, and they they know that things are you know on the move; that things are happening. And so they're trying to, you know, prepare for that. And I don't remember exactly if it's at this point or if it's a little bit later. At
1: this point, the Dalek have actually synthesized the radiation antidote um, based on the the, uh, chemicals and everything that they got from the thaw. Uh, So they have synthesized enough of this antidote to be able to start giving it to all of the Dalek. Um, And at this point... Uh, they indicate we're going to start uh, I guess you'd say inoculating um, one level at a time so that we can make sure that production doesn't suffer. Uh, mm-hmm. What production is, I'm not 100% sure. could possibly be production of their suits, uh, production of generating more Dalek, uh, because we do know that um, that they do uh, create themselves artificially. Um, so I would say that that's at least part of what they're referring to when they say production. Um, and so they start... Uh, or producing enough energy to, to survive. That too. Um, but they, we know that they give them, uh, like all the Daleks on level 3, uh, the, the uh, antidote first, and then they follow that up with level 2 and mm-hmm. suddenly, uh, after a little while, the Daleks on level three start to uh, lose control of their bodily functions uh, to the point where they can't control their tanks anymore, their tank mm-hmm. shells anymore, and they just start randomly spinning in circles, and their eye stalks are going in different directions, and you know they, they
0: start smoking a little bit know, too. They're
1: screaming for help. Um, and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, uh, part of the functionality of these suits that they have is actually uh, linked to their mind uh, inside so uh, they can control parts of this thing mentally, uh, whether it be through some form of telekinetic you know, connection or something like that. Um, but I was seeing online where they akin uh, to telekinesis of some kind but I think it's actually more scientifically proven that it's you know an actual connection to their body in some way um, but they actually control some of the, the functions like the eye stalk and things like that uh, with their mind uh, instead of having to do everything with controls on the inside and uh, so that would explain if their body is going haywire that would explain why their suits start to go haywire as well Um, But you see them spinning in circles and, 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 you know, some of them are screaming for help and, and saying, help me, help me, help me. Uh, I I may be wrong, but I think one of them even says he can't see, you know, Um,
0: there, there's all sorts of different uh, reactions. It's all very, it's, it's bizarre. And it's kind of, kind of freaky a little bit. It's it's Um, almost creepy yeah it's a little it's a little um, creepy um, and the Daleks discover that it's the anti radiation drugs that are killing them, and so they deduce that they actually need the radiation to survive right They have mutated enough and adapted enough that the radiation is what's helping keep them alive uh, so instead of trying to reduce the amount of radiation outside, the Daleks determine that they need to increase radiation in order to you know maintain their living and then be able to
1: further develop well, themselves they actually did experiments on themselves uh, and what I mean by that is all of the ones on level three ended up dying uh, but the ones yeah. on level two had not uh, been uh, exposed that exposed far. to the drug long enough for that to happen to them and so what they did was they took the ones from level two and put them into the uh the nuclear waste disposal chamber of of the city, just to see what the radiation would do to them if they did that. So they were willing to do experiments on their own kind that were still alive, just to find out what happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was creepy in itself too.
0: Yeah, no, they're um they're a little bit like the Cybermen in that they do things logically to a fault um, without actual consideration for human, for human life and that sort of thing or, or Dalek life um, if you will um, but unlike the Cybermen who do it because they're purely logic without emotions the Daleks are like no this is the best way to survive and it just doesn't matter
1: it's, it's you know? the whole idea of we're willing to kill a hundred of our own people if we can save a million of our own people Right, right,
0: and so they they just decide they need to try and increase exponentially the out the outside radiation, so they start taking a look to see what it would take to get another neutron bomb primed and ready to go. Um, we find out later that it'll take too long, so they decide well, we're just going to open up a reactor and, and let that soak you know, permeate the atmosphere uh, so they're just going to open up the nuclear reactor and let it just, you know, go into the atmosphere and that'll be great so, um, yeah, that happens a little bit later it doesn't but, matter
1: that they, dis- they destroy all life on the planet uh, as long yeah. as they survive yep, uh,
0: all life you know, all Dalek life would survive and that's all that matters to them um but, the Thals and uh, the crew of the TARDIS uh, decide that they need, to, they need a plan of attack. So, Ian, Barbara, and a group of Thal are going to go and try and work their way through the swamps and through the caves in the mountains behind the city to try and come up behind the city and infiltrate Uh, the Dalek City, to help get the rest of the Thal inside. Meanwhile, the doctor, Susan, Aladdin, and the rest of the Thals will distract the Daleks and keep their attention focused uh, away from the mountains. Um, And so this is when we start finding out that the the nuclear radiation uh, has also affected the wildlife uh, <laughs> and that, you know, things are a lot more scary and dangerous and uh, out to get you than they used and to be. This um,
1: is the belief.
0: Yes. Um, although one of the uh, fall on the mountain expedition does quickly meet his end when he's drug into a whirlpool created by some sort of water monster.
1: That we never um, get to see.
0: Yeah, we don't really see it. It we see the whirlpool yeah, swirling. It's really and, weird
1: whirlpool too.
0: <laughs> yeah. That that was early uh I don't want to say computer animation, but it's basically they were laying over an animation on top of the uh the film in order to get really that. Really could
1: not tell it though. It was it looked pretty good.
0: It was for for 1963, still in black and white. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, considering the budget that BBC didn't give them.
1: Um, (laughs) We don't need to get into that.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, But, uh, so they're already down a man, very early on. um, And they they make their way to the caves and keep getting lost and trying to find their way around. And this is where it kind of slows down a bit for me. um,
1: I would have to agree.
0: Because we get this entire cave sequence um, that probably could have been condensed, uh, but there's a lot of different things that go on, and it's, it's very long. Um,
1: well, personally, I think they could have gotten by with leaving out an entire episode length and chopping the story down a little bit more, and still yeah. still told the entire story.
0: I agree. I agree. The, this storyline is seven episodes, and I think it would have been good as six. Um, but they probably had a, a quota of episodes to meet, so they're like, Well, we'll we'll extend the cave sequence. Yes, that'll work. <laughs> um, but uh, they lose uh somebody else. He ends up, you know, not ma- being able to make a jump across a chasm, um and ends up plunging to his death after he cuts the uh, the rope holding him because he's gonna drag everybody else down yeah, with that's him.
1: That's Antidus. He he's actually um He's he's portrayed as a little bit more of a cowardly character starting out, Mm -hmm. Um, and the way his fear his fear
0: is that everyone is going to die. Right, Uh, this there's no way this can eh, succeed, um, and everyone is going to die. But the
1: way that he meets his end, you don't really know if he did it out of bravery or if he did it out of despair, Mm -hmm. because he actually kills himself
0: right and whether or not it's just because he's going well there's no way out of this so i'm just going to cut the rope or if it's or if he's doing it because he doesn't want to pull everybody else down with him right we don't really know we don't really get to ask him you know <laughs> because he just does it uh you know there ian is attached to the other end of the rope and he's being pulled off the the little ledge that they're trying to get to
1: um, and Aladon Allid- is in the middle. He's dangling in the middle. Um, uh, an- right? Antidus. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hmm?
0: Antidus. Antidus. Ant- uh Aladon is back with the Doctor. Okay, Susan. my bad.
1: I'm I'm, um, I'm thinking of something else.
0: His brother's name is. Where is that? Uh, Ganatus. Ganatus. And Ganatus is kind of the leader of this expedition into the. The mountain. Okay, yeah. Um, Ganatas is trying to, you know, hold on to Ian so Ian doesn't fall. Susan, not Susan, uh, Barbara and the other uh, surviving Thal with them are already around the corner, so they aren't able to help. Um, And Antidus cuts the rope. Ian is saved, and Ganatas. And, uh, has a moment of despair as well and
1: Ganitus, uh is actually in my opinion more um, along for the journey because of Barbara uh, because he has a thing for Barbara <laughs> he does um, and so I think he knew that she would not stay behind and so I think he ended up going just for her yeah
0: Although he was, you know, much more positive, unlike his brother, he was much more positive and said, "Well, we we can do this. We have to do this. You know, it's uh, we'll make it." Um, and then after his brother dies, uh, he has a moment of despair where he basically says, "What's the point in going on?" You know, right? It, and that's when their 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 light their lights start to flicker out, and they find that there's a uh, some light coming into the cave, and they're able to to make their way into the city um, meanwhile the doctor is trying to come up with a way to uh, eliminate the Daleks ability to spy on on the falls um, and so he and Susan end up sneaking into the city um, and shutting down their uh, oh, what do they called it um, vision scope or something like that. I
1: think so. Uh, he he likened it to a radio and television uh, uh, antenna. Antenna is what he likened it to.
0: And and so he gets in there. Uh, they're able to to sneak in and knock out their basically their intelligence gathering system. Um, unfortunately, uh, the doctor and Susan are captured again. Uh, and so the Thals are basically sitting outside the city trying to figure out, well, when is the right time to attack? We have to give the mountain expedition their chance to get in. But now we also have this more pressing pressing issue of rescuing the Doctor and Susan. Um, when do we attack? When do we try and rescue them? Um, and Aladdin is forced to really make that final step for the Thals to say, yes, we're going to fight. Rather than, you know, just sort of using subterfuge to sort of disrupt or uh, disable, you know, viewing devices, they're actually going to go and fight right. the Daleks. Um, and so this is almost like that final step for them. And they had to make that decision on their own without influence from the doctor or Ian or anybody else from the TARDIS. It so,
1: was it was them finally deciding to grow as a as a people.
0: That was kind of an interesting situation there. But finally in the final episode everybody meets up in the middle. The doctor and Susan are be captured and being held in the main control room while the Daleks are counting down to, you know, opening their nuclear uh, cores to the atmosphere, uh, Ian, Barbara, and the rest of the fall come in from the mountain and they all meet in the middle and there's this, uh, well, I was going to say heated and pitched battle in the control <laughs> room. Um, it looked like it was supposed to be, um, <laughs> and, and it, to an extent it was, but, uh, obviously, we don't get the dramatic explosions and well, high energy budgets, and the editing Budgets. Budgets being right. what they
1: were, we, we got yeah. as good as they could give us.
0: And the Falls are able to win, and they knock out the power system for the Daleks. Uh, the, that helps generate the static electricity that they need to move and function. Um, and it was really interesting because they do that, and a Dalek, who's, you know, still in its last, you know, hasn't used up all its power yet, turns to the Doctor and says, fix it, help us. And the Doctor says, I couldn't even if I wanted to. I don't know how. But it's not, but he doesn't say it in like a resigned way. He says, I can't do it. I don't know how. You're on your own. Sorry. So out of luck for you. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's. He's almost like saying it, I can't do it. This is your defeat. I win. Um, You know, (laughs) it it was really interesting because the doctor didn't seem too shook up about the fact that uh, that he was basically dooming that entire civilization to death
1: because he couldn't fix something and he was okay with it and he did it in classic hartnell fashion grabbing the front of his coat and you know yeah. <laughs> holding his lapels yes. <laughs> and
0: straightening up and
1: i couldn't you know. even if i wanted to i don't know yes. how
0: you know. right <laughs> and so the the last dalek is you know screaming and screaming and then he just sort of like goes limp and when he goes when he goes limp the Stock just sort of like rolls back and goes straight up. It just sits points there. points at the ceiling. The
1: rest
0: of the <laughs> yep. And it just sits there looking straight up for the rest of the episode. Which is both
1: uh, humorous rip- and creepy at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> humorous because
0: it all of a sudden just ah, it's you know bombing around and spinning and ah and then all of a sudden it just stops and the thing just sort of limply like rolls back and goes straight up. I guess it's sort of like eyes rolling up in the back I... of your head when you die or get knocked out or something. But it was just it was so kind of sudden that it, it was a little funny and then it the, just sort of sat there and was like, Oh
1: but there are some of them that got knocked over, so they're actually laying on their side, so they lost power because they weren't making contact with the floor. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, I I think that, that it's interesting to uh to to see that the Daleks were uh defeated by their own power source. Mm-hmm. Uh and so or lack of access well, to it. Correct, um, and I know that we talked about this before we got started. Um, we know they come back. That's not that's not a secret. We know they come back. You've either got you know one or two, maybe three different scenarios here. Either they weren't actually dead, and they just lost power and were trapped in these suits and had to find a way out of them, mm-hmm. or there were more of them like we said before, maybe on the lower levels of the city that we did not see that didn't have access to get to that part of the city. And so mm-hmm. those continued on. Um, or there were some that were still in the process of being formed that then uh, took on the, the, uh, the role of continuing the race um, from that point on. Yeah, The the
0: interesting thing and I had a, you know, those are all very interesting and, you know, all could be theoretically possible for the Daleks and, you know, we don't know we don't know exactly and maybe there's a book or something else out there that explains it if there is, I don't know what it is but I had a theory and it's a little bit of a creepy theory about how the Daleks came back um, because at the end of the episode uh, Aladdin. Is there looking over something that, you know, looking over a, I think it was a compressor, um, that the Daleks had built in order to help, you know, support them in their suits or whatever. Uh, he's saying, you know, all this machinery. What's the point of it? We have no idea how to use it. And of course, Susan says, well, yeah, that's why you experiment. You try things out. And um, one of my theories is perhaps. Later on, down the road, a couple decades later, or maybe a century or two later, some of the Thals, you know, figure out how some of this works. And they end up becoming this sort of splinter group, and they turn themselves into Daleks.
1: That's possible.
0: And that's kind of creepy. Because who would voluntarily want to be a Dalek, you know?
1: of course the 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 other side of that too could be uh what if they accidentally turned these uh production machines back on and and mm-hmm. inadvertently allowed the Dalek to come back
0: right right that that's another possibility of course um, then
1: there's the wibbly wobbly timely wily kind of uh possibility yeah. that we <laughs> talked about before um that says uh you know the Daleks uh in the future uh dis- discovered how they could do time travel um i think i it's, think they st- it's rudimentary time travel
0: uh, Lidala, the the doctor is not impressed i, it. I, I think crude. they
1: actually <laughs> stole a lot of that from the time lords um but um you know they don't consider uh the rules of time or anything like that so you know they know what happened in the past so there's uh, possibility that they could have just gone back in time and just intervened on behalf of their uh, fallen forefathers.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting, you know. And I, as far as I know, we don't have a a concrete answer. Well,
1: that would be one of those so- space time continuum things uh, where you say, "Well, they went back in time to intervene." but they wouldn't have been able to go back in time to intervene had they not gone back in time to intervene in the first place. (laughs) So it becomes cyclical at that point, you know, Um, because they, you know, they've survived because they intervened from the future, but they were only able to intervene from the future because they survived. What came
0: first, the chicken or the egg? (laughs)
1: Uh. I, I overthink things. I told you. <laughs>
0: no, well, I mean it's, but it's true though. You know, but the Daleks are perfectly fine creating a paradox like that. So that's, you know, that's why there. I say
1: it's wibbly wobbly, timely winly. So yep,
0: <laughs> yep. Um. So as far as the overall the storyline,
1: um, what was? Did you have a favorite moment? Um, oh wow. Um, honestly. My favorite moment is probably when they were uh, first trying to steal the Dalek's armor in the first place. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's spinning around in circles and they're trying to ride on his tank armor. And he's going, um, keep away from me, keep away from me, keep away from me, keep away from me. And, you know, (laughs) and he just keeps getting more and more high pitched. And, you know, it's supposed to be. This moment of of um uh excitement and everything, but at the same time, I found it very funny because you know this Dalek is almost screaming in terror because these humans <laughs> are hanging off of him, trying to you know disarm him and uh and he's uh he's almost coming off as funny because uh he he's not supposed to be able to show fear because he's so emotionless. But the fear still comes out, you know, and it, it, you, like we said before, the only time you ever see them show fear is normally with, from the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And I just I thought it was really funny. He's keep away from me, you know, and, and he's spinning around trying to get away. And, you know, I just I thought it was kind of funny. That's that's I thought it was hilarious.
0: Nice. <laughs> um. I've got two little moments that I want to bring up as far as that are my favorites. The first is their, their first encounter with what's actually inside a Dalek. And we, you know, we talked about that earlier, so I don't need to say much about it. I kind of
1: include that with the other part. You're right.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, but that's just such an interesting, fascinating, um, section of it, especially if you're familiar with the Daleks from other storylines and episodes. Um, but also the way that they play it up, you know, the the way that they act that scene, it's very engaging and very interesting. They you
1: almost try- break the fourth wall.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they almost look right into the camera and shake their head like, you don't want to see this, you know, almost. Um, but but the way that they play it off, it's it, it gives that right level of oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> and sort of keeps that mystery and that you know. You, you, as the audience, start leaning in and going, "What is it? What is it? Show us!" And then they don't, it, except for that one little hint at I, the end before the camera fades out.
1: Their reaction yeah. is both creepy and humorous at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it was really kind of funny when they they first open it, and they look in, and then they go, they jump back <laughs> and slam it <laughs> shut like, "Oh, oh." we did not expect that
1: they they, act, they acted <laughs> like something was going to jump out and grab their face you know
0: <laughs> right for all I know it might happen
1: um actually we've seen them do that in uh, you know other episodes later on down the road with yes i, I, I saw mean, one do that with the fifth doctor yep <laughs> yep that's we'll get to that yeah. later oh that was that There's was a crazy so much scene. that we want to talk about that we have to just So we'll save. We'll keep that for later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Uh,
0: But but the other moment I wanted to bring up is right at the very end, um, as they're getting ready to leave. And Aladdin and Dione are asking the doctor, you know, to stay with them, and then he says, "No, I have to go." Uh, But they ask, you know, for advice, and he says, "I never give advice," Um, which is kind of funny because later on he (laughs) gives plenty of advice. Uh, but he says, I never give advice, but if I, if I would say something, it would be this. Always search for truth. And then he sort of gets that faraway look in his eyes and he goes, and my truth is in the stars. And then he turns to him and says, and yours is here. And it was sort of one of those things where you kind of get a little bit of a glimpse inside the Doctor and what he's like. And he he mentions also in that scene, um, oh, that he's much too old to be a pioneer Although I was once with my own people many years ago. Mm-hmm. And he sort of drops these little hints about his past with the with the Time Lords on Gallifrey. Um, and there's little moments like that which were really kind of cool. Um, and so that's probably one of my other favorite moments. You know,
1: and I know that a lot of people would disagree with this um, because a lot of people don't like things like prequels. Um, but <laughs> if if they were going to do something like that, I think that it would be interesting to see um the first doctor in a younger form uh maybe in a movie or something like that just to see what he was like before he became Hartnell um what what exactly
0: uh he did and how he, involved he was with the establishment of the time lords and with Gallifrey because there's several different conflicting things uh and several different hints that that we get throughout, especially the classic series about just how important he was back in the day Mm -hmm. and how he may have been like one of the founding members of the time Lords, you know? Um, But then in the new series, we get, you know, flashbacks to his childhood and things like that. And so it's a really interesting thing to, to, it'd be really interesting to try and figure out what is true. What is, um, you know, how involved he was because he never outright says what he does. Right. Never. But there's hints and there's ideas that he may have been a very prominent, and very important person. Uh,
1: Um, I saw theories uh, at one point where somebody speculated that he could have left Gallifrey because of something to do with Susan and that he was trying to protect her in some way. Maybe she had gotten in some type of trouble and he was trying to protect her. Now, they, I've not seen anything in the, the series or anything that would indicate that. But I've seen I've no. seen theories out there that, that state that they think that that's the reason why. And I think that would be an interesting thing to find out um, if that was the case. Um, and you know, if if uh, if they were to ever bring the actress back at some point in the future, maybe they could elaborate on something like that then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there there is that rumor going around that Peter Capaldi wants uh oh goodness, what's the actress's name for Susan? Hold on. I'm looking it up.
1: I have it here. You have it Yes. It is uh uh Carol Ann Ford.
0: There we are. Carol Ann That's... Ford. Peter Capaldi uh really does want her to come back and she's still around and would and would love to come back, she says. So uh, you know, Maybe her story isn't done. Um,
1: well, we never actually found out what happened to her uh, after her uh, stint on the TARDIS. Right.
0: So that sort of uh, kind of flows into what we will be talking about next episode. And that will be our review of the Dalek Invasion of Earth, which is a, the second time the, doc, the Daleks were seen uh, in the TV show um, in the second season. Uh, of the first doctor's run on doctor who um it's another six this was a six part storyline um it is not available on hulu plus unfortunately it is able available on dvd uh or you can get it on itunes for two dollars an episode if you want to do it digitally and like i said there's six episodes so that'd be about 12 bucks for you um there are also links online to be able to watch it you know that way throughout a uh, outside of a streaming service and if you're curious about those, check our Facebook page and we'll provide a link to those if you really want to watch these before uh, listening to our next episode
1: and chronologically speaking, even though we're not doing these uh, in chronological order for the Dalek uh, we're doing it for the doctor chronologically speaking, this would fall behind the one that we just discussed. Uh, so this would actually be the uh, the third encounter that the Daleks have with the Doctor, but the second that the Doctor has with the Daleks. And we will be able to see in this next uh, storyline how the Daleks have modified their tank uh, suits and uh, uh, overcome certain uh, shortcomings and things that they had before and the way that they have continued to adapt in order to be able to continue their race um and also uh, maybe have a little speculation on how they might have survived.
0: Yes. We'll see if they they mention anything about that. Um it's been a while since I've watched these episodes, so I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Um but any other final thoughts on the Daleks uh before we we wrap this up uh any other last things that you wanted to mention? Things that you didn't particularly care for? Characters you found interesting?
1: Uh, can't think of anything, to be honest. Okay.
0: Uh, as I said um, earlier, the the deviation where they go through the, the caves into the mountains slows down the story a little bit. Um, would you recommend the Daleks? For the uh, the Hoovians. Oh, most
1: definitely, most definitely. I think that it's classic. Um, Does it have a few shortcomings? Yes, Uh, but I mean, part of that is due to budget constraints, uh, and part of that is due to uh, uh, the style in which it's filmed, and part of that's due to budget constraints as well, because the they they not only had to conserve film. Um, they had to try to get everything done in single shots if possible, and there's a lot of um, a lot of sh- uh, shots that were done um, in such a way so that uh, y- you almost feel like that they are um, piecing the story together on screen uh because they don't have any way to cut away because they're only able to use like one camera at the time or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that the, that can sometimes take away from a story, but it can also add charm to a story at the same time sometimes because they have overcome these these shortcomings and stuff. Um, much, well, like we say, everything goes back to Star Wars, right? Uh, much, <laughs> much like George Lucas did with the original Star Wars movie, one of the reasons why it has that charm that it has is because he was able to overcome the shortcomings that he had with budget issues, and stuff. Um, And so I think that that uh, is something that the classic who series is known for is being um, great in spite of uh, the restrictions that were put on it.
0: Yeah. I would definitely recommend it too, simply because uh, as far as whovians are concerned, this is the first uh, time we ever see the Daleks. And if you're, if you're looking for a little bit of a, Nostalgia, or just to sort of uh, check that box on your your watch list, um, I'd really recommend it. Uh, it's got some great moments. Uh, you know, it is a slower paced storyline than much of what we see nowadays, but that's also partly due to the time in which it was filmed. Uh, things were definitely more you know, slower and more ponderous, and more um, expository,
1: and, mm-hmm,
0: and more expository. Uh, at that time and so it definitely is um, a creation of its time and in some ways that's a little jarring but in other ways it's kind of um, as, as, as you put it Paul a little bit adds a little bit of charm to it as well um, so don't go in expecting it to be you know great to, you know, on the level of say uh, the, the, the two part finale that the, the ninth doctor had with the Daleks and I'm blanking on the names of those episodes off the top One of my head. is Bad
1: Wolf, I can't remember the next yeah. one uh, I don't remember
0: the other one either but don't expect to be like on the level of that um, but in its own way uh, it, it definitely uh, holds up and and has a a really neat spot uh, for Whovian Well all the right.
1: story I think is just as good it's one of those situations where um, it's just executed differently. Um, you know, because a lot of the stories in doctor who are great, great stories. It's just differences in the way that they're, that they're executed, um, that make the difference.
0: Okay. Well, I think that wraps up our review. Uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, comments or suggestions about, uh, the, the way we were doing these review shows, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. We're, we're kind of making this up as we go along. Um, and, and we think we've got a, a way that we want to do this, but we're always open to improvements. Uh, if you have a suggestion or if you uh, just want to get in touch with us and talk to us about the episodes, uh, go ahead and, and get in touch with us on our social media, Facebook.com slash TalkingTimeLords or at TalkingTimeLords is our Twitter handle. Uh, you can always email us at lords at gmail.com. Uh, and, of course, we are headquartered On our website, TalkingTimeLords.com Also, I want to give a big shout out to to Paul here For putting together uh, the YouTube videos of our previous episodes Uh, We've got the first two episodes available to watch slash listen to on uh, YouTube And he's made them uh, much, much more interactive and a lot better than I ever thought planned or hoped we could. So, uh, I do want to give, uh, Paul, thank you. Some, some props there. <laughs> uh, and you can find those videos by searching for talking time Lords on YouTube. Um, we're in the process of, of getting a, a URL for that. Um,
1: and they can only get better, right?
0: Right. And they can only get better, <laughs> but they're already, the bar is already set very high. So, uh, like I said that they're better than anything I would have made. Um anything else before we wrap up this episode?
1: Um just uh want to make sure that people uh don't forget to uh comment on our uh polls that we put on Facebook and Twitter uh because we do uh look at those and uh in many many cases we do put your responses on the show,
0: yeah, uh, we didn't get something. We didn't get something out that would have really worked for our review this time, um, but we do want to generate conversation. We want to interact with you guys. So always check our, our social media and that sort of thing. And if you haven't already, and if you download the show through iTunes, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us uh, a rating or review over there on iTunes, um, because it would help our visibility and help more people. Uh, find and and enjoy the show, hopefully. hopefully you're enjoying the show enough to uh, to
1: do that. So um, and I and tell your friends about us.
0: Yes, <laughs> if you have fellow Hubians, make sure they know about us. Uh, because uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this, and we want you guys to have fun along with us, so but I think that wraps up this episode of the Talking Time Lords podcast with episode number 5 the Dalek story review Uh, for Paul I'm Jason and until next time
1: may you hope far flung hopes and dream impossible dreams thanks guys keep away from me
0: keep away from me Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack podcast network Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts or visit patreon.com/thunderquack to help support the shows.